You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. From Chicago, this is the Chavrusa. I'm Avram Kipolevich. And I'm Kalman Warch. Kalman, it's Chav uh, Chesir, and this is Yayim Yerushalayim. Now, uh, you know, in, in our old Chavrusa episodes, those that are, that are available on, on, on my platform, um, and you can get them too from there, uh, I always ziddle you for your youth. Um, they were done a long time ago. And um, I can't do that anymore as much. You've definitely um, aged wonderfully and, and, and wisdom. Uh, but, but here on, on, on this day, I'm going to play the old man again. Kalman, you don't remember the Six-Day War. You don't remember what it was like, um, uh, the Mohammed Sheshesh and, and the euphoria. Uh, I remember it, although I was seven years old, because it was so overwhelming, because it was so... Uh, it, it reached even in the, the deep recesses of Memphis, Tennessee, um, a sleepy southern town uh, that was already, everybody was getting their air conditioners on if they could get them in their windows in June. And for us, though, as we were waiting in some way, and, and this incredible events occurred. First, there was the pachad of, of mass destruction. It really was. I remember that I used to play at the house of um, of, a, of a role of a big Talmud Chochem who came from Eretz Yisrael. And I remember entering the house and, and seeing how everyone was uh, gathered around the radio to hear the reports that were coming in about the massing of all these countries that were going to push Israel into the sea. And then... Yeah, I, they- I think that... Uh... Yeah, there is something to be said for when a person was born. I think that uh, that's something interesting. Maybe we should talk about that at some point, um, the the generational gaps and how we deal with them. So I, I think that's a great idea for a show. Although, you know, should I or would I necessarily feel bad that I wasn't present in those moments? I don't know. I mean, uh, I'll be present in different moments. But I, 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 okay, I, yes, yes, we know what you mean, Galman, that you will outlive me, and that, but I, I, I will try to haunt you there. I, my point was, and I know this well, you I, I, where I was going was, even if I didn't have that, I think in every, in every generation, you're going to have some equivalent to build on. So, for example, the, uh, the, the way that all of Kalisrael was standing around the radio during the Gulf War when there were uh, missiles flying towards Eretz Israel. Or, or uh, you know, compare it to what the whole world was like, especially in the United States on 9-11. I, I think that we can all connect to this right. moment when... My, my you, point merely was the celebration of Yom Yerushalayim, whether it's celebrated in the Illinois Center of Jewish Studies or at the Yeshiva of Newark, the institutions that we proudly represent. But we know that in Eretz Yisrael, it is something that is a, a day of celebration, not celebrated by all, um, and it's something that uh, needs to be commented upon. Obviously, well, let me ask you before we begin: are, are we speaking here of Yom Yerushalayim from the perspective of um, you know the Jewish independence and freedom and protection and security and success and victory and war and all of those sort of um, uh, political uh, you know social? Um, um, viewpoint, or are you talking about some religious experience 
which is, of course, a much bigger debate. Uh, or, or, or are you coming from both? Where, which direction are you? I heading? think one of the reasons Yom Yerushalayim has a legitimacy by many that Yom Atzmut does not is because it is uh, connected to events that you didn't really let me talk about, but I will tell them to you again, events that we perceived as miraculous as when they were going on. There was this, and therefore, there was a a Purim-like idea that God had saved us. There was an idea of closeness to God, that God had, uh, had, had intervened, and that there was no way that war could have been won. The threat was so enormous. The victories were so incredible that the whole world took notice. And no one, people were shaking their head. This, was, this, was, this wasn't just like the Washington generals meeting the Harlem Globetrotters, right? This was something that, uh, that many, as we know, fled Eretz Yisrael, including the Kloisenberger Rebbe and others, thinking that this was going to be the Holocaust again. Um, and, whoa, you know, um, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was Vinahapahu to the point, and this is what I was trying to say, Kalman, is that there was the military uh, fervor that we had won this great war, but it was tethered with an idea of God was with us and God is the one who developed this. And even a seven-year-old in Memphis uh, understood that. And this was a common knowledge. Uh, as we know, it was a it, w- it was an event that spurred, really, and you can ask your father and others, the tshuva movement, the the great tshuva movement. One of the people that you and I both talk about a lot, you know, Karl Bach gained an incredible amount of of energy post uh, the Six Day War. Chabad, who had always been involved in, in Kirov, uh, also really expanded. And in the yeshiva world discovered that there were people knocking on their doors saying, I want to find out about God because something just happened that we can't explain from a military point of view. It can't be explained from a sociological type of view. Something great happened in that little country. Um, and, 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 and I think that's really part of why, and this is really my point, Kalman, that Yom Yerushalayim for years was the newest, most exciting holiday. And it really tapped into the memories and the feelings of people. I think now that we are close to 60 years afterwards, I, I think it, it deserves a reconsideration uh, of what, and maybe, you know, perhaps even a diminution. I don't know. You know, one of the things that concerns me is when, when we do have this kind of celebration, as you're describing, and you see that it doesn't it doesn't have an engine of its own it it doesn't move on its own it kind of needs to be driven um you don't have universal acceptance of this day in fact there are many people who couldn't even tell you what the day was um outside of the and it could be that where you were in memphis um it, it could be that you were more as far away hidden as you were you were still connected into the religious Zionist system. I mean, your name is Avram Yitzchak. It's, it's a, it's, it, it, so, so maybe you were exposed to that. I think there's something missing in the meaningfulness of the day if it didn't manage to gain this universal world, worldwide acceptance. It's almost like it's telling you that uh, maybe this 
this day needs something more before it can become something. Well, you know, I heard from Rev Gifters and Sal, um, you know, and I think I've mentioned this to you. Uh, I went out to his, you know this, because you've been to the building that was supposed to house the magnificent new Tells, the Tellstone buildings. In fact, the whole Kiryat Tellstone was, I don't know, someone will write the history of where they were able to get uh you know the, the the I think from the I think it was the American greeting card people the Stones who who, who own American greeting cards which yeah, yeah. of course the story is out there yeah somehow they were able to tap into the Stones who decided that they wanted to build a great Torah edifice and 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 they built a city that was meant to house this incredible yeshiva that had the the, the great history of Tells behind it. And Rev Gifter, who was the mo- the brightest and the most um, dynamic of the Telzer Rishashivas at the time, was going to go out there and create this beachhead. Of course, his brother-in-law, Rav Baruch, was a, a tremendous guy, but he, he lacked Rav Gifter's flair and energy and really sort of proto-Zionist, actually complete, uh, almost like a, a, a religious Zionist in terms of his Ava of Eretz Yisrael, et cetera, et cetera. So Rav Gifter went there, and I I was Zoha to hear Rav Gifter in his in, in in his ultimate power, where he was relishing a future of a yeshiva that would be. Uh, we were not in the main building yet, because the main building was being constructed like Noyach Steva, and we were sort of like in a caravan or something that was going to house. And I heard Rav Gifter speak about 1967, and he spoke about how we missed it, that this was a moment of ge'ula. He knows, he, he was, and again, I, I, I didn't record it, but it's been in my mind as clear as a bell uh, for all these years. And I heard it close to 50 years ago that um, this was the zman of ge'ula. This was the period, this was a period that ge'ula should have happened and we dropped the ball. And he explained how we dropped the ball. We dropped the ball because we got involved in halachic particulars and we did not take the arm of the non-religious who were waiting for us to accept it. You talked about last week, you were very passionate last week about, about the, the fissures in our society, how we haven't learned and how COVID created more instead of recognizing our commonality and reaching and, 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 and diffusing differences. Rav Gifter said that, Yom, uh, that, that the events of the the events of what we call the Six-Day War, the events of, 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 of the end of Eeyore, of Tavshin Chav Zion, were really, he's clear, were the period that Mashiach was Roy to come, and he compared it at the time, to all the, uh, the I remember him saying that the Rambam quotes in his Igris the, the, the Cheshpan that his father, Rav Maimon Hadayan, made about when Mashiach was supposed to come. He says, what do you think? He says, who's paying He says, we're talking about Kedoshim. They were right. The Ha'ara of Geula was there. And it was a horror of, 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 of that he felt we, the 
yeah, I was only a little boy, but the people that I came to align myself with failed. We failed in bringing Mashiach at that time. I don't know if you've heard this before. I I, I hear you, and you know, you're having that Masura from when uh, from when you were a child is certainly uh, very impactful. I, I don't know if if the business of being um, um, you know of calculating ends and saying I, I, that business is always a dangerous business of of making these calculations. This is the geula. This is not the geula. This could have been the geula. This would have been the geula. I, there's a whole industry for that. It's it, we can always say it over. I, I, I'm not I'm not ready to to accept any one person's stamp on. You know, this is the chance and this is the opportunity. Why not? Certainly, I wait for him. That doesn't mean I'm going to accept everyone's statement on the subject. There's a system in place. Oh, boy, You know what? It was because of of people like you that we didn't get it. It was because you're the people of Gifta we're talking about. The Rambam very clearly paskins that for us to, you know, we're talking about Mashiach, not the concepts of Geula. Everything can be an aspect of the Geula. Mohammed's Gogum you know, there's no, there are no signs that tell us that uh, if this is happening, it's leading to the future redemption. That's where we can have a hakel of Shiyavo. Suggesting that a specific event or incident is is tied into Mashiach, and it's that, not specific. Yeah. It's not a specific incident. This is not about some cat being flying out of a tree with a flying squirrel helping it. This isn't just some sort of incident. I was not saying that Rocky and Bullwinkle, <laughs> right? Are, yeah, the Rocky Bullwinkle and, and 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 gets together with Garfield, right? That that's not what we were talking about. That would be an incredible thing, though, I think, to see I'm Garfield. Not, I'm not. I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you. I'm just saying this kind of like, and that was the moment, and 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 this was it. Uh, yeah. Okay. Unfortunately, this is because you didn't experience it. You know, my friend, um, my friend Charlie Harari was talking about, uh, when I had a podcast with him, when he had time to talk with me, was talking about the, 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 the disappointment that occurred last year during COVID. As you remember, when we were shutting down, there was this undercurrent that maybe it's so unique and so different that we're not going to leave Pesach Beisai during Pesach, that somehow this was being a hechsher, this worldwide phenomenon was somehow the, 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 the footsteps of Mashiach. You might, have, you might remember that there was a lot of talk. I, I remember that very clearly, and I remember dispelling people's notions then too. Yeah, so I remember Charlie said that he didn't feel bad. Because he said, you'll be able to tell your family how you felt the, that the Mashiach was going to come. Just the fact that you had, that you had narred yourself up into thinking that Mashiach was coming. He didn't say, use those terms. But just the fact that you had become uh, excited about it and it became something that was more real to you other than just lip service is itself a madrega. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, for sure. If we have anything, that raises an awareness and a stronger feeling of the idea that even though we're all sitting here in in comfort, in in relative comfort, in galus, that really we're we're all I'm with you on that. That's that's definitely something. So, but 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 to make this day into a part of again, you're you're interpreting the message and the and the events of the day with a with a specific. 
as if you understand what happened on this day. I, you know, I said today, Yerushalayim, the Amcha Lecherpa, Lechal Svivesenu, right? That Yerushalayim is not the way that it was meant to be. It's not the Michal Yofi, it's not the Neveshanan, it's not um, the beautiful city of which Sancherev waves his hand and says, this is the city that everyone was talking about. The, it's not the, the city that's the center of the world. It's not what New York is. It, it, it's 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 not Yerushalayim, and therefore that's something that uh, that's it's not because, you because about. okay. So now you're, you're you're becoming a kanoi. You're saying because Yerushalayim is the seat of the non-religious Knesset that allows abortions and other things to go on. I, I said nothing of that sort. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not so saying why is it not Michal Yofi? How can you how can you deny the fact that because of the events of the Six Day War? we were able to uh, uh, obtain control over the old city and, 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 and really, in a way, um, it could permeate from the old city, from the Kotel, from the Makomas Akdoshim, a sense of a Yerushalayim. You don't understand, uh, I don't understand. Are you debating whether Yerushalayim is still in ruins? Right? You still have the... It, it's still... Again, I don't deny the halachas. Of I think it needs to probably be looked at again. Uh, I know that Lachan Tovkuf Peyalif that it's considered Mogan Avram quotes. I think this is a bigger deal than than you're letting it be. I think suggesting that 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 we should start pulling back on the viewpoint of Yerushalayim as being in a state of Churban and starting to see. Um, what's happening in and what has happened over the last um, half century as Yerushalayim being Nivnes again? That's that's. Uh, I mean, what's the? You're afraid to go there. You're afraid to go there. I I, I I'm not ready to go there. It's not, it's not a fear. I just don't think it's true. Yerushalayim is not under our control. Yerushalayim is not a city which represents um, Hashem to the world. It, meaning theoretically speaking and in name but practically speaking is the whole world turning to Yerushalayim for what's the message that comes from Hashem okay that's, obviously that's this is not the Yerushalayim that the we describe in our Tfilos of Yom Naroyim well that's right? that's what I'm that referring is, to when I'm saying it yeah, so it's not however had it not been for these events that occurred the incredible let's just talk about the incredible Torah growth uh, that that has happened now you might say that even without the sixty-seven war, Yerushalayim still would have it still would have muddled through. It still would have been a city. There still would have been Beis Yisrael. There still would have been Meir Sharem. There still would have been all those places. I think that what having the having Yerushalayim, having the Kotel, having that area, I think what it does is create a spiritual center that every single one of us, you included, can go to. And realize that, yes, I, I learn in bells, but the truth is I'm a hop, skip, and jumping away from the Kotel. I'm from the Kaiso. The Kaiso, in a way, is in my mind, and not just some fiction that I remember and I have a picture of in my house of. I know the Satmar do not visit the Kaiso and told us Aranix. We talked about that in a way. But I think that we probably need... Yeah, but uh, even there, it's not because they don't have the same level of reverence for the place. They just they're concerned about supporting those who um, run the country, which okay. is, which is a separate issue. I, 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 it's, but you know, the, it, they're, they're also seeing 
let's say this, everyone, every single Jew has to see Yerushalayim as a part of their own soul. It's your city, it's your capital city, it is, and you say every day, Yerushalayim, Yerushalayim, if we would count how many times you mention Yerushalayim in our Davani, Yerushalayim, I mean, this is, this is our city, and there is not a single Jew anywhere who doesn't see Yerushalayim as the capital of, of Claudius Yisrael, I'm talking about those who are, have any shaykhs to Torah, but, but to suggest that the the city in the state that it's in now, that 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 has the status of of as if we are where we want it to be. Uh, oh, that's okay. what we're taking away. Okay, first of all, listen, Calvin. Uh, I gave a shear for the Illinois Center of Jewish Studies a number of years ago. You might remember about changing Nachem. You might remember that. We talked about the, the halachic debate and how you go about things. And I did that in front of an audience that was very, very pro-Zionist, you might remember. Uh, it was done in a shul that was probably one of the leading supporters of Mizrahi in, in America. I am not necessarily throwing my way in with, with Rav Gorin and others who, who are, and other who are talking about massive changing but we already saw from the Chida and others that the brachas of Yerushalayim about even rice and kriya, a lot of those things have silently fallen by the wayside. And, and I think that, granted, like Chacham Avad and others have said, if, if, if the old city is full of Christian power, if it's full of Muslims who are still having their, their terrible uh, mosque, uh, where the Kodesh HaKadoshim are, how could you see that we have a, a restored Yerushalayim? How can anybody think that? And how can anybody think, as I, I just got off uh, a video uh, recording with someone in Eretz Yisrael, and we, in the middle of the recording, there was rocket fire, because he was from Ashkelon. So rocket fire was entering because, and you know why the rocket fire was happening? Because of events in Yerushalayim. Because of events in Yerushalayim, where Arabs and, 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 and radi- more radical Muslim f- factions are, are insisting. Why, why don't we bring that as evidence of, of this issue? I mean, let, let's, let's speak practically. You have a day when you're celebrating the uh, um, recapture of Yerushalayim. It's the day when we say, no, Yerushalayim is ours. And it's also the same day that you have people firing rockets because of the fact that you don't have control over the Temple Mount. That's my point. Doesn't that seem like the most um, self-contradicting holiday in the world? Yes, and it definitely uh, indicates that we have a lot, we still have a way to go. But that's different than way, you. That's different than you. Putting, you why, why are you saying it like that? Like yeah, because you are go. putting, because Calvin, you, and I think I'm going to say it again, like I started today. I think you lack, because you didn't have my age and youth and experience and remembering of the hand of God that was revealed there, that therefore you're looking at it and perhaps in a cold and maybe even in your mind, a more exact halachic way. I, as you say, am infused with my memories and with my the impressions that I had from the people around me and from the people like Rav Gifter and others that I heard from that see that this indeed was a day, a week, that miracles on a, on a level that were not seen since... Well, I'm, I'm going to ask you to be, to be really honest here. To be really honest. The, the, the level that you felt of how much this meant 
in, in 67 or even in the years following, how much this meant. Compare that to what it ends up looking like. Is it, why aren't you more disappointed? In other words, what that could have been, what that could have become. And instead you see what it is, um, you know, the, um, I, I'll use the, the fact that Shualim Hilchubo on the Temple Mount, you've got, uh, you know, um, Arab boys playing soccer on the Harabayas, um, football um, on the Harabayas. They let, them, they, they let them play so close to the mosque? Close to the mosque, not close to the mosque. It's still the Harabayas. It's, it's, we, we, don't, we, we have rules on how we walk, you know, and you talk about capandria, you're using it as a capandria, you know, using it, it as might a, be by as the minolim, if they're not made out of leather, it might be not a problem, though. Right. But, but 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 how do you in other words you're telling me it was that much it was so much it was so much all that that you're saying that it was we don't see the remnant of that your okay. doesn't look like Our, what you're describing it okay. would have looked like so, based on that victory okay so you know without invoking kahana uh and others who felt that the great great mistake that was made and again it's worthwhile for our listeners to know about that history that there was of course a military decision about what to do really based on what had occurred in terms of the uh, of the paratroopers and others who had entered into the city we could have really pushed our way and really uh, in a sense created a, a miniature nakba for, <laughs> sorry for using that term of actually driving these guys out uh, it would seem that the rules of war would have allowed it, but there were voices whispering into Dayan and other and, and others' ears that we shouldn't put our uh, pedal to the metal, that we should not go in there and say you and your country that you represented Jordan and Jordan, of course, controlled uh, East Jerusalem at that time. You were at war with us, which meant you wanted to kill us. Now that we won. We take this right, the right that every military victor has. And we could have really, in a, at that point, as Kahana says, we could have leveled the goddamn mosque. And at that moment, right, I mean that really. I, I wouldn't have said it like that. I, I, I would be even um, cautious about, about what words to use. But, but uh, you oh, know, we could have leveled it. I'm just saying what Kahana said. We you're familiar it. with those who have said that had we kept the the Temple Mount, that we would have much bigger issues of Jews walking on the Temple Okay, so that's really what I wanted to lead into today. I, I think that what's worthy, and again, part of what put this into my mind, and again, I'm going to uh, plug my, my, um, my <laughs> platform, is uh, discussions that I've been having with others, other great scholars like yourself, uh, about reactions to the Maroon tragedy. Many have reacted to the Maron tragedy, uh, uh, Dov Lior and uh, Rav Yisrael um, Ariel, uh, by once again um, pushing for uh, attending and creating the Beisak Nessas Agodol on Harabayas. And again, they might have a, a specific agenda. Um, Rav Gorin, who I mentioned before, um, contracted himself uh, and, and others, he himself was part of that contract to measure uh, based on the Shitas Harambam and others, the exact places where Harabayas was um, and felt that what needed to be done was a uh, despite what Dayan 
despite what Dayan had agreed to, but to push for presence in Harabais. Again, the mosque would stay there, but there would also be in Harabais, together with the mosque, a, a place beyond the Kotel. The Kotel yeah, is... Know, really- I, I, I have a very hard time with this with this whole concept. You know, the, the, we have to remember, that, and I, I'm going to, obviously you know all this, I'm just going to I pointed out for our listeners who um, probably know all this as well, but it's good to always clarify these things. There is a major, major problem with ascending the Temple Mount for a Jew. And just to give it from a halachic perspective, there are two kinds of tumah, of spiritual impurity, which a person could be, which could be an issue entering the Temple Mount. The first is something that all of us are, which is Tame Mace. We've at some point come into contact or shared a building with, with a dead body. And the other is, is Tuma Ziva, which is um, um, Tuma impurity that comes from, from within the body, emissions, and things like that, which, depending on your mikvah status, you may or may not be impure. So when it comes to the Temple Mount, the law states that in order for you to enter into the innermost areas, I'm not talking about the Holy of Holies, but into the innermost areas where the temple actually stood, you have to be both free um, from Tumas Mace, meaning no contact with dead bodies, and Tumazav, which would be basically impossible for us today, because if um, we don't have the Paraduma, we don't have the red cow. So if we were to enter into those areas, we would be liable for the death penalty by the hands of heaven. However, the the more outer areas, which you're not allowed to enter if you've had emissions and stuff like that, but which you can go to the mikvah for, even though you're still Tame from having been in contact with a dead body, those areas, if you're outside of the area enough where the temple stood, you would be allowed to go. So essentially, if, if one of us, assuming you went to the mikvah, and the only issue was the entering onto the areas where you should not go when one is still um, Tame from having been in contact with a dead body, which we can't purify ourselves from. Um, That area, we're not exactly clear. We're not exactly clear on where those boundaries are. And although there are those who suggest that we do know, it is clear that according to the Rambam, and I know the Ravid says differently, but according to the Rambam, even today, if you walk into certain areas, you're liable for the death penalty by the hands of heaven. And I cannot fathom for the life of mine. And you can you can you can sort of mock the more halachic approach to things if you want in other cases, but I don't think you'll be able to do that here when we're talking about a question of a suffic kares, which is the death penalty by the hands of heaven. I mean, think of it this way: if I gave you two doors by which you can enter and wherever you'd like to go. One of those doors, the Rambam says you're Chayev Kares. And in the other door, nobody says you're Chayev Kares. Why would someone, why would someone say, I hold like the Ravid, I'm going to walk through this door. You're talking about a suffix. It's a question of Kares, of death penalty by the hands of heaven. I, I don't know how curious you can be that you're willing to put your life and your soul your soul, kares, that's cut off of this world, cut you're risking your soul. First of all, if you, were doing it, if you were doing it based on the Pesach Rabbonim, you wouldn't be Chayef Kares, okay? All right? If you'd be doing things, just wait a second. You had your say. Just because, okay? I've never had my say. <laughs> that's your problem. <laughs> all right? If the Rabbonim agree, 
and whether it's Rav Goran or whatever Rav Arosha you have, that we know exactly, and there could be Azharus, right? As Rav Chaim David Alevi says, we don't find the Siog anywhere in, 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 in the time of Shas, in the time of the Gemara. Oh, because they knew. Okay, so if we can determine, and we can be determined based on, again, we can determine based on the Rambam. In fact, if you take a look at the sources that the, these people like Ariel and Rav Lior have brought from the Kaftar of and others, even the Me'iri and others who said he knows from Eshmua that people would go up to Harabayas and it was done. Why, why, wait, wait, Kalman. Let, let us think constructively about this. I'm not, I never had a big cheshit to go up to Harabayas, maybe because I didn't think about it enough. But I think the idea to make it a reality you can have your portion. You can have people who aren't. But to you can have people who's, who will never go. They're not going to go to the Kotel either, perhaps. There's going to be people who, like the Chazanish, would refuse to put their fingers into the into the or into the cracks of the Kaisa, right? Although that was a Chumri Yisera that, that, that was only started in the mid-20th century. Other than that, we know people always went and, 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 and they weren't worried about being the Mitzas about putting their putting their hands into what was the home of Harabayas, not the home of the Azara. But still, I don't mind if their chumras start uh, arising. But at the same time, what's wrong with allowing people based on Alpi Halacha to have some courage and to determine? You're saying it's a big suffix. We can, we, if we use, we know exactly, you've worked Masechtas Midas, you've worked Masechtas Tamid, there's a suffix what an Amma is, will be marked to the point that we know we're on Harabayas, we're going to be Machai of people to be Toivel. We're going to tell everybody, and again, obviously a person can do an Avera if he wants to, if he's not from anyway. Who wants to go up to Harabayas? You know who wants to go up to Harabayas? People who want to uh, just tour, and maybe that itself is an ugly thing, uh, to just tour the spot. I don't know if it's any uglier than the people who are going to the coast, but you're right. It's, it's, it's in, but if we make sure that there's no way they get into the Azorah, there's no way that anyone's really going to be chayiv kodes, right? Um, and, the, the, and, and, and as you say, to have an option for people who we know go to the mikvah, who take upon themselves, look, Kalman, they go home and have sex with their wives, it can also be chayiv kodes, right? There's many options to be chayiv kodes, if you're, right? Here we're talking about. I have no idea what point you were trying to make. My point with that. is, obviously, is that, because you know, there are other ways of being hive curries, doesn't mean that this one is 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 less severe. But 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 here is a way. What are you gaining? What are you what, gaining? What are you are gaining is an actualization of having Yerushalayim. I, I actualization of having that rabbis. And again, you can decide not to take advantage. But if there are people that want to go there, that make themselves tohar. Look at the tshuvas of Benzian Abishol and even Diane Weiss, your sort of landsman, so to speak, from England, that he wrote about this issue before I think he became the Rav Abbezd in, in, in Yerushalayim. He says, I admit that, but how are we going to stop those who don't know? That's what he's worried about. How are we going to stop those who see you go and say, yeah, I'm going too? How are we going to stop the others? That is what Rav Diane, he admitted as did Rabbi Tzian Abishol, that there, is, that we, there exists a halachic, enough of a halachic certainty to create a spot that we know is only the Harabayas, and we are able to say, 
and which is more than the Kotel, because the Kotel is outside of the Haram. Well, I don't think it's true. I don't think it's true that if you did set up something like this, where it almost seems like, okay, well, at least we know here's the line where everyone agrees you can go. Let's walk up to that line. Let's walk up. We do that at the Grand Canyon. We do that at all the spots. Don't go. This is a dangerous spot. Don't go any further than there. So here's, here's, maybe I need to ask this from a different perspective. Um, You know, there is something about feeling like the Beis HaMikdash that we daven for uh, many times every day, that that it's not just some theoretical concept, but is a real place. And this is the place, there is something to that. But there's also the opposite, which is that when you go to the place, as long as it's like a spiritual theoretical place in your imagination, it, it has a higher level of respect and reverence then when you go there and you see oh look yeah there's a blade of grass there maybe there's a, a fox walking around there maybe there's a um a soccer ball flying there if anything it may diminish your your awe and um, understanding of this place as a place of hashem the Lubavitcher Rebbe said that you can't sleep in the sukkah because the sukkah is like the Beis HaMikdash and it's already like, how could you even... So I'm not going there. I'm saying this idea of seeing a place as as sort of holy and, and reverent and holding on to that may... I, I'm, listen, I'm not saying let's never go to shul so that the once a year you go to shul, it's more reverent. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying here we have a question whether we should be going or not. And now the question is, how, how much are we willing to risk in order to be able to go there? And I'm saying um, you're risking it for something where your gain may be balanced out by what you lose. I'm not seeing this major spiritual loftiness that's going to be gained by everyone who walks there and goes, okay, now, now it's all clicked. I see, I see worries and uh, I see issues that can arise. I see suffix, um, questions of chi of kares. And if anything, I think it'll, it, it'll cause people to lose the, the respect. Okay, them. as I said, in terms of the chi of kares, I think if, if enough rabbonim, and you can even see it, like I said, in the psokim of Rabbi Sina and Diane Weiss, if enough rabbonim have the courage to be able to think about this and say, we can paskin based on these parameters, um, and we know clearly that this is not a place and be mazir people. I think what you've done is making Yerushalayim, the kibush of Yerushalayim, a greater reality. You've given it halachic uh, weight. That's true. Now, even going to the Kotel originally was incredible. That first Shvuos in 1967, and I heard a beautiful um, description of it from Rav Mordechai Willig, Shlita. When he talked about he was a, uh, a 19-year-old bocher in, 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 in his year of Eretz Yisrael, and he talked about the throngs and the people and the incredible excitement of what that was. I don't think it's wrong, comment to say that we need another cap. We need something beyond that. We need something that, that can once again give that sense of mamosha's guide. You know, you, you, you talk about it existing in some fantasy or imaginatory way. I think that there's a danger to that. And the danger is, is that it leads to a Yiddishkeit, which is, which is not real, and it's also very individually centered. I am not a big crowd person. I would never, even if Marone would be safe, 
I don't think I would have been one a person to go out there uh, with, with many, many people. But both of us recognize the importance of the, uh, of the crowd experience, of the experience of not necessarily a crowd, but the experience of, of, of Klal Yisrael B'yachad. I don't know how many you could get on Harabayas. I'm not sure how many, how many, how many could be there, but I, I would never down, downplay the difference between, despite seeing the soccer playing, but you are at that spot. And you can have a Talmud Kocham explaining what Harabayas was. Both of us bemoan the fact that the, the yeshiva world, that they are zeroing in on seven or eight mesechtas. They don't even understand the gedorim, even if the things you were saying about shiluach machanos, the people don't have that on their fingertip. I think this would increase knowledge of the of the makaymas haktoshim. I think it would increase ava of having the beis hamikdash. It would increase learning in the beis hamik about the beis hamikdash. And I think if it would be done with enough voices coming together, I think it, I think it's something that people can see as a reality. Now, common. Let, let, let me take this one to another place that. Because uh, we can't deny that Yom Yerushalayim, whether you celebrate it or not, whether you say Halil or not, is really on the uh, the foot. It's really on the cusp of Shavuos, right? It's on the cusp of Shavuos, and this is our last program before Shavuos as well. Um, I don't. I'm not going to say that somehow these holidays are related. Although that first Shavuos, when they had the Kotzo, was probably one of the most uplifting ones that, that people talk about, about how incredible. But I think Shavuos also, in a way, as the Avinezer said, is, is such a difficult uh, holiday of what the identity of Shavuos is. You know, I, I, I believe, and I've said this to you before, although people like you and me have gotten our butter, our bread buttered because of this, that it's become an all-night learning a thought. And it's got uh us on the most interesting subjects, right? Most of them have nothing to do with Shavuos, but they somehow are related in some way. Either they're just recycling uh, old material or, right? And, and we've talked about, both of us have, have experienced and have witnessed it, that based on the Zohar and Parshas Emor that I was just learning with my, my good friend on one of our, our, our platforms, <laughs> um, the idea of staying up all night, is really a, it's, it's it's become the mitzvah sayoim. It's the it's it's it, 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 in, in their Kalman, You don't seem to have a problem with what this holiday has become. Uh, the I would call it the bastardization of Shavuos. I don't deny. Just like I'm going to say, uh, listen to what my parallel. People who have this cheshek who, who want to go daven who are nizar the kalachamur should be allowed to to take that trip. Harabayas. You want to be Makbed? No, Dazoris. Similarly, you want to learn all night? That is okay. You feel the Cheshek to learn? Right. But it should not be accepted to the point that you bum, you didn't stay up all night, you didn't learn all night, you didn't go to a shear, you didn't hang out in shul and shul and, and, and get the coffee and, and stuff like that. Or the way I've seen it, they actually take out these huge stakes. Have you seen that? Where they actually have, like, it's, 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 it's like Texas Longhorns. I mean, they're taking out these huge stakes and people are coming by. That's not what we were talking about. That's not the Lima Atayra that the Rashbi was referring to, that this, that this Farm Akhtayshim were referring to. Well, yeah, my, my position on Shavuos, Avi, we, we've, we've discussed this before. I, I, I'm a big proponent of the 
of, of the staying up all night. And if you'll forgive me a, a short rant, um, I'll, I'll try to explain my position. I, I think that there's um, maybe um, our century more than any other, we've become so um, weak and so sensitive and fragile and to, 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 um, ha- to the point where we're, we are forced or we find ways to make the Judaism work around our lives. I, I think that's something that we don't even realize how much we live by our clocks, by the watches, by our schedules, by the routines, by, by all of that. Something which, in the in, in there were times when the world was free from that. When people say, listen, I don't stay up all Shavuos night because it, it sets me off, it, it throws off my schedule for a week. Why does it throw off your schedule for a week? Why does it do that? Why are you living in the kind of world where you're so that, that taking a little discipline and performing a mitzvah, I think that this has started to affect all of all of our Yamim Tovim. People, people don't drink on Purim, it's not for me, they're ashamed, they're embarrassed, they can't handle it, they get a little sick, they get a little that those are not reasons. Again, every individual, every person is by themselves. But it's a mitzvah. You eat the kazayas of matzah. Drink four cups of wine. Yeah, okay. Listen, medical medical situation is a medical situation. But deal with it. Deal with it so that you're you're going to sleep three four hours later. You're going. Okay. Are, Dalit, we've, we've we've ruined ourselves. Let me so let me now. interrupt your rant. Dalit Kaisis is 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 in Mishnayos Mufurish. Staying up all night shvuas is from. The part of the tyrant I'm, not, that is I'm not comparing the level of serious. I'm saying it's the fact that we go to this place where it's like I can't handle it or I can't take it. Instead of just growing up and just do the mitzvah and then move on, drink an extra cup of coffee. Common, I actually, I, I again, excuse this rant, but I think with people who who aren't on the level who stay up, especially in Eretz where Shavuos is only one day, they stay up all night. I don't know what sort of shiurim they're going to. I'm not sure what the efficacy of their learning is. And then they 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 daven kivasikin. Uh, perhaps I'm sure they're up and energized. Then they go home, they eat, and then they go to sleep, and then they wake up an hour before it's time to daven mincha or less. That's their whole yontif. Their whole yontif has basically been uh, completely um, evaporated. How- it hasn't. That's been their yontif: staying up all night and learning, and then some cheesecake, and then and then having us. This is this. Who said that the Yantav needs to look like this convenient? I'm not eating. convenient. I'm talking about vibrant, real learning. There's right. Okay, there, there's a lot that could be done about the learning, but there is vibrant. People, real learning. Well, no, no. People who are in the Olam of Torah, they're used to staying up. They're used to doing mishmarim. They, they shouldn't be used to. What's the used to? Just you're right. Let's it. let's work on getting people more into learning. But when you have a guy who basically could, maybe goes to a dafyomi, sometimes listens to a super podcast from Warchik Ivelevich, and he's the guy that's going to stay up all night and decide which share am I going to go to? I'm going to go to this yeah, one. Go to that one. Up all night. There's a benefit to it, and connecting to the yomtiv in this way, uh, but it's going to throw me off. So then, don't let it throw no, you. It's, it's yeah. what's going to throw him off is he, throw him off. He's 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 clasping an artificial uh, aspect of the yomtiv. Not artificial. It's what the yomtiv has become. It's, no, it's, it's become. So it's become. So right. So a minute ago, here you were talking about the halachic realities against people getting overexcited about Yerushalayim. I'm telling you, Shavuos has nothing to do. He's talking se- about Achiev Kares versus Achiev Agdamas. It's it's not uh, it, the 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 Yom Tov of Shavuos 
is this is from the Arizal. If you look at the, the Beis Yosef, the story, it, it's there. Story, you know? story, story. Right, right, right. But not it's all part of the halachas. It's all part of the halachas. Like, there's an experience of Shavuos much more than than whether you you can tap or, into it. You are a person who are who because of your parents, because of your learning, because of where you are, you can tap into it. But it's but but I think you're selling people a bill of goods when you're telling them, join me. You're the Pied Piper that's leading them into uh, hours of basically, you know, dead air. And they can say, oh, look at Rabbi Warch, look how exciting it is. I, I really got a lot of this. Do you remember what you learned? Were we able to build on that? Can you say over the Rashi that, can you say over? No, I, sort of, it's all fuzzy. I don't remember, but the, but the steak was really good, and et cetera. I, I'm not sure if that's true. I, I, I disagree. I don't think people are. I think people gain a lot, and there's an experience about it. And they can I, gain I more. A lot of things that can be done. Even the fact that people, you say, well, um, you, know, you stay up all night. You look at the davening. Look at the davening on Shavuot's morning. The davening on Shavuot's morning. And for me, the response is, yeah. Why doesn't everyone fix the davening? Meaning, strengthen yourselves. Be mechazik yourselves and make it into the davening. You know what, Kalman? I've talked about this before. Here in America, we could take these two days, and we might have done a Chavrusa show about it. I don't remember. But we, we could take these two days and turn them into much more learning Torah on a much, much better not way. It's about the amount of hours. It's about the experience of Mount oh, boy. Of staying up all night. That's what, that's what, that's what the Beis Yosef was told. That's what, that's what. I want to learn Beis Yosef. You know what I'm saying? I want to have the cup to learn the shtickle of Beis Yosef. I don't want to hear the story of, of what the Malach told yourself. him. At three in the morning, you can also learn. Listen, the Gedolim, the Gedolim learned um, 18 hours a day. So once a year, you have to stay up till, till three in the morning and it's the end of the world. Once a year, you should basically take your yontif and do, do mamish like the Rambam. Get up and like the Rambam and Hilchas Yantif Tzadik. What does the Rambam say? You, you, you go to Shalom. before the Beis Yosef. This wasn't this Galia. <laughs> You're, you you jump on the horse that you'd like to, I see, very, very easily. <laughs> anyway, we hope that all of us, uh, myself and the, and, and the, the extended Warch family, we wish that, again, all of us, of course, should have a great young experience Yom Yerushalayim, um, in, in, in the, whatever remaining of it. Think about some of these things that we've talked about. I think, Kamal, you have to admit, learning about the sugya of Knisal Arabayas would definitely be a beautiful thing to do on Yom Yerushalayim. Everybody take advantage of that, even afterwards. Um, he is, of course, the uh, incredible, mature, and wonderful Kalman Warch. And my Chavrusa, the learned and the knowledgeable Rabbi Avram Kivilevitz. <laughs> and take care, everybody. We'll catch you after Yom Tov. Be well. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. Thank you.